Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fancy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And I'm joined today by George Montanez and Zach Braff. You can follow them on Twitter. Well, you can follow George on Twitter uh, at jmontanez90. And you can follow Zach at BraffZ. Tonight's episode 11, we're going to discuss three up, three down. For us, that's basically three hitters or three, three players that are uh, – all, all their stock prices are going up. They're on the rise. The three down are the guys that we might not be necessarily kicking to the curb or dropping – but their, their value has definitely dropped. Before we dive in to tonight's content, there's a few things we got to touch on. First, if you aren't already aware, we do now have an IG page. So we are on Instagram. It's at Bases Loaded Pod, same handle. So we're posting, you know, pictures. We're going to get a little more interactive there as well. Maybe go live once in a while, depending on how things go. So you can go ahead and follow us there as well. And if you don't have a, a Twitter, you can hit us up on Instagram with your questions. We'll gladly get back to you. For those who don't use social media, which very few and far in between, we do have an email address. Again, it's um, basesloadedpod at yahoo.com. We're keeping it very simple, if you haven't noticed, keeping everything basesloadedpod. And we are part of the FSGN network, which is the Fantasy Sports Gaming Network. That's who uh, has us on. That, that's the website that we represent as far as our baseball content is uh, hosted by. They're also right now looking for baseball writers and football, uh, fantasy baseball writers and fantasy football writers. So if you want to reach out to them, reach out to us, we can get you in touch. That's pretty much all the ins and outs of little things that we have going on. Just want to catch you guys up now. We're going to jump right into the news and notes since our last episode. I'd say the first thing we're going to touch on, kind of a big deal, is the Rockies as a whole are just falling apart now. They're taking, they're doing the same thing the Yankees were doing. You have McMahon hitting the day, the, the DL, the IL. And you have Dahl, which I, I ultimately think because it's a core injury, it's kind of it's a wait-and-see approach. I think they're just going to end up a couple days from now retroactively putting him on the IL, or he's going to try to play and hurt himself and end up on the IL. I think, I don't know, I'm just a pessimistic with injuries. I think he's IL-bound. But what do you guys think? And what type of implications do you think this has to that lineup? Yeah, so, um, you know, if it's something like the oblique that, you know, caused him to miss pretty much all of 2017 – it's unfortunate because he was actually off to, you know, getting warmed up at the plate. Uh, he had homered the night before. But, you know, with, with Dahl out, you, you think uh, they 
they put Tapia into the lineup today. There's really no reason with McMahon out now with Dahl out uh, for Hampson to not get, you know, everyday playing time as well. So uh, Tapia and Hampson are a couple guys that, you know, should be into that lineup. I know Hampson is playing center field today. Uh, Desmond is, is not in the lineup. So uh, there's, there's nowhere, there's no one left to, to block these guys. Uh, now it's just, it's just up to them to see, see how they, they can produce. You mean that the uh, Pat Valeka? How do you say his name? Pat. Right, Pat Valeka. <laughs> is it Valeka? Okay, yeah. You mean to tell me they don't want to just use him to block everybody? I mean, come on, they just love to do this. And then they have Brandon Rogers now that he's another guy who should or could have an opportunity for playing time. I don't know, man. The Dodger, the Dodgers, the Rockies are the Rockies at this point. They just, I, I don't know anymore. I just never expect them to do what we expect them to do anymore. So that's the Rockies. They're going to continue to be a pain pain in our rear ends and keep it in the same division because Kershaw apparently is on his way back. He has a rehab assignment uh, tomorrow, and he should be back as soon as Sunday, assuming there's no setbacks. But it's I'm, I know I'm not starting him this week. I know I didn't in the weekly league for sure. Even in daily, it's against Milwaukee. But, Zach, I know you had a few things to say about this, so – yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I would probably wait um, just to kind of see how he does. Like you said, Milwaukee, that's a tough matchup. I don't necessarily want to get involved in that in his first matchup back. But this is good news. I mean, a lot of people got a, a steep discount on Kershaw on draft day due to the injury. And, I mean, he's really – he's coming back. It's it's probably going to be mid-April. So, it's really not too bad. Maybe missed like two, two to three starts. So if you did lock him up on draft day, it's uh, it could pay off. It might take him one or two starts to kind of get back into the flow of things. But overall, I mean, Kershaw's coming back definitely sooner than most of us expected. Um, they definitely have some rotation questions. Um, it sounds like Urias is going to be moving to the pen. And Ryu um, got hurt tonight, I believe, or he left the game early. So there's definitely some question marks. So it's a good thing that Kershaw is on the way back. Well, that kind of transitions right into the next piece of news. Kershaw's coming back. He obviously – he has a spot in the rotation. But I know Ryu left with what appears or is thought to be a possible groin injury again. That could be long-term. Do you think yeah. Do you think Urias just comes back into the rotation now? I think um, – yeah, so Ryu left tonight's game uh, with an injured groin, the, the same side that uh, he tore last year. So, you know, that's definitely concerning. You know, it, Ryu was actually off to a good start this season. Uh, and Urias was scheduled to make his final start this week. And then Kershaw was going to replace him. But now if Ryu is out, then uh, it looks like maybe Urias will, can continue to to uh, pitch out of the rotation. So, you know, that, that might be good news for Urias owners. Even so, he's probably going to be on some type of innings limit. It wouldn't surprise me if he moves back to the pen at some point this season. It's just, I don't know, I feel like innings limits are subject to change, but I guess with the Dodgers, <laughs> I guess if, if there's ever a team to hold to it, it would be the Dodgers. So, And they just have a plethora of options, so I, I can see them sticking it's, to it. It's ridiculous. Um, speaking of draft day, I guess speaking of draft day uh, deals, or who appear to be a deal on draft day potentially was Severino towards the end, you know, end of draft season when he got hurt. But man, he just had a setback today. Now he's heading back to New York for an MRI. This puts literally an unknown downtime. And 
on Twitter, I got to talking to a guy because yesterday he brought up, you know, trading for Severino. And I was like, you really shouldn't. It was a high-end deal. involved other pieces. But my reasoning was behind Severino as far as, you know, my the reason why I was so skeptical is because I just think of uh, Jimmy Nelson. And Jimmy Nelson, shoulder injury, and his wasn't even pitching related. It was diving back into a bag. But it just I'm picturing this worst-case scenario was just setback after setback. He, he was like Jimmy Nelson was supposed to be back by all-star break of last year, and he's still out dealing with constant setbacks, constant soreness, constant, you know, they're just playing it safe with them. Severino's going to be handled the same way. There are, he's, he's younger. He's in the prime of his career. He's going to be given every opportunity to get healthy. This is just bad news. I could see this being a season-long issue, even if he doesn't get surgery. It could just be one of those things that push back, push back, or if he does opt for surgery, if that's necessary, or a potential, you know, a potential thing to make it better sooner for him. I just, I don't know, man. Severino, this is just, for me, I don't even know if I'm even buying low at this point. I, I haven't really thought about it. It's, again, if it's it depends on what you're paying for it, but Jimmy Nelson just comes to mind, and look where we're at with him, you know? It's definitely frustrating. Um, like you said, I, I could see this being long-term this season, um, at minimum of a few more months probably. I strongly advise against taking him at a discount in the draft, and uh, I think it was the right call. Um, I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough for him to get back and pitch to that Severino level that we're used to. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not looking good. <laughs> that, that premature victory lap. Am I kidding? I'm actually I'm, I'm going to have to do it. I, think I'm gonna, I was going to write an article this week about premature victory laps because it's just so much fun. Like I want to just do a victory lap about so many guys, which I know it won't sustain one way or another. And uh, so I think I'm going to do an article about that. But speaking of articles, quick plug, George just put out two articles. You can find them on his Twitter at jmontanez90 or on Bases Loaded Twitter or on the FSGN Network Twitter. He put out two articles recently. I know it was more for – it was to help you get your lineups set for this week. But a lot of people play daily lineups. And you can still find them pretty helpful, I would say. So, like I said, one was about uh, two-star pitchers. Like I said, that kind of gets hurt from tonight's games, you know, being that's late recording and all that. So if you haven't checked them out, but it, it still touches on some pitchers and some hitters for the week that might be available in your leagues. I would recommend giving those a quick read over and seeing if they're available on your wire, especially for you daily leaguers out there. So, Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that plug there. Yeah, anytime, man. I mean, I'm, honestly, I meant to put it in at the beginning with the rest of the news, but I, I was like, I wrote it all down. I was like, I know I'm forgetting something, and this came up. So, be on, like I said, check out, his, check out those articles. Be on the lookout for mine coming out this week, and we'll go from there. Um, last piece of news we're going to touch on because it, it wasn't even part of, again, well, this wasn't even part of the plan, but we're evolving just as the games are because we're doing this on Monday night. Some of the games are over for us. Some of the games are going. And the Phillies pen is just, I don't know, man. I feel like this is newsworthy because this is seriously, fantasy owners have to be really frustrated. You had Naris get it last night. You had Nishek get it tonight. The only thing that's actually somewhat optimistic about the uh, Phillies bullpen as far as like maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel is, Neris was in the bullpen warming up, I guess, in case uh, there were some struggles uh, in this last at bat because Rendon was on third base. But the fact that they didn't bring him in, I guess I, I don't know why they didn't, why they even had him warmed up, but they didn't want to bring him in for the last batter of the evening. But I don't know. I feel like maybe Neris a year late. <laughs> maybe I was – sorry, maybe I was a year early on him because I had Neris a ton last year. But in the issue with Robertson and Sir Anthony, just – I just never thought Neris would have the opportunity. 
What do you guys think? Do you guys can you guys make any sense of this? I don't know if I can. I mean, it's the year of bullpen questions. Um, it's it, it's tough to decipher at this point. They could just they could just sign Kimbrel and we'd be done with all this. <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. Um, but I mean, Neris Neris is a good option. Um, he was a good uh, good person to have last year. But yeah, I mean, everybody thought Robertson was going to be the guy this year. But it's it's just a crapshoot right now. I mean, that the the Orioles closing situation, the, uh, the Mariners, the Royals, it, it, there's just a lot of messy situations and it's probably best to avoid some of them, but yeah, it's, it's just been a mess early on. And Yellow's just stole a base. Sorry. Watching the, I'm watching, I'm watching the, uh, the angels and brewers game. I don't get a chance to see a lot of trout and a lot of uh, Yellow over here on the East coast. So taking advantage of it. It's a good matchup tonight. Definitely. And and all the all the viewers are gonna get my instant reaction. Like if Trout hits a bomb, totally leaving that in this episode. Like I'm leaving the still. I'm leaving what I just said. I'm leaving all this in there. People are gonna see our personalities a little bit. So that covers all the news. Sorry if we got a little long winded. Some of this stuff is just literally happening tonight as we speak. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into our three up, three down. Again, just to re, uh, reiterate, the three up, three down is basically three guys with their uh, values up, three guys with their values down. We're gonna start with Zach. Zach, who's one of your three up? that you have so my first three up is probably the hottest player on the planet right now and i mean that baseball wise not looks wise um that's cody (laughs) that's cody cody bellinger um your nl player of the week this guy's been raking so far um leads the majors in home runs runs scored rbi um, we saw we saw some regression from Cody last year. I mean, he had that great 2017 year where he won the Rookie of the Year. And last year, I mean, everybody was expecting big things from him. And um, just really, he kind of hit that sophomore slump. It's a real thing. But it seems like he is kind of getting back to his 2017 ways swing-wise. Swing he has improved his K rate. He's down about 10% from last year, which is great. And he tried last year, he tried leveling out his swing a little bit more. I mean, you know, Cody's got a massive uppercut swing, but that's what makes it so pretty. Um, But he tried leveling it out last year, um, narrowing the stance a little bit, and it just didn't seem to work out so well. So he kind of reverted back to his 2017 form. And it seems like he is back to that stud status. If you're looking to possibly sell high, now could be a good chance. I mean, I think he's going to come come down to earth. He's not I, – I really don't see him hitting 300 for the full season. I and mean, I could see him maybe 270, 280, 30-plus um, bombs, 100 ribbies. But, I mean, if you're looking to sell high, now is a great opportunity. Um, you could get a haul back for him right now, most likely. Um, it would be worth exploring. I think I'm really upset that I, I, in a keeper league, I, I decided to not keep Cody and I ended up keeping Real Muto instead. And I'm regretting it every day now because that Real Muto slow start, but hopefully it comes around. But like I said, this is the first week Bellinger obviously having a great week, but expect him to come back down to earth. But if you are looking to kind of maybe acquire some pieces, this could be a good sell high time for, for Cody. I would like to think Honestly, if you're gonna, first of all, if you're gonna sell high on Bellinger, you call you listen. I don't have a first, I'm not on a first name basis with him like you are. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my but, boy, Cody, it's my boy. Yeah, 
I, apparently you had such a glow, such a glowing review and such like just the way you were saying his first name was so comfortable. Beautiful but, swing, beautiful man. He's he's, he's beautiful stuck. man. Um, <laughs> if you're gonna sell high with Bellinger, you have to shoot for to the moon. Shoot to the moon. You have to shoot. You have to shoot for the stars. You gotta probably. I mean, Jose Ramirez. Do you, as a Cody Bellinger owner, would you take Jose Ramirez? Like you would have to, right? It's hard to. I know it's. It's hard to say yes because you're caught up in the hype right now. But Ramirez started the same way last year. So there is that. I mean, his team is worse around him. It'll get healthy eventually. But you got to think he'll come around. He'll probably be himself. That's kind of the type of guy you have to aim for. It also depends on the format. I mean, if you're playing redraft or if it's keeper dynasty. I mean, keeper dynasty, Cody's somebody that's really going to take – a heck of a haul to acquire. Well, yeah. Uh, redraft, I mean, if you're talking Bellinger for Ramirez, I mean, I, I think that's something that I would definitely have to consider. You would think that Ramirez is going to pick it up in the coming weeks here. I mean, we're literally like two weeks into the season, so it's it's all very premature. But, I mean, if somebody's willing to dangle Jose Ramirez, it's something I would definitely have to consider. What about Chris Sale and another piece? Is that something – Chris Sale and like another – Offensive piece, um, I'm trying to think of a name that might be. Mm. Um, Chris Sale and Peter Alonzo. <laughs> oh, that's quite, quite intriguing. See, I, Pete I Alonzo, I'm sorry. Pete, right. Not Yonder? Not Yonder. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Yonder's terrible. I was, dude, I was all, I'm not even going to lie. I was all over Yonder in the beginning of draft season before I got into like the deep dives and Honestly, being uh, jumping into this analyst thing has made me look way more into baseball than ever before, and I love it. I'm addicted to this whole, you know, stat searching thing. So it's really, I realized I was really yeah. dumb to, I was really dumb to think that he was actually decent. But <laughs> talk about getting off topic. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. Um, That's an interesting trade, though. I mean, I but, think we'll probably touch into it a little bit more. The uh, the Red Sox rotation and Pete Alonzo. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's another offer that is intriguing. I don't know if it would be enough, honestly, for Cody right now. Whew, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, when Mike, when you mentioned Jose Ramirez, you took the name right off the tip of my tongue. You know, that was the first name I thought of. If you're going to try to sell high, you got to try to get, you know, first-round value for Bellinger if you're going to try to trade him right now. And uh, Ramirez is probably that perfect name that, you know, some people might be lower on right now given the start to the season or even i mean okay fine you, you shoot for somebody who maybe has a safer floor that is also first round like an arenado who doesn't have a home run yet or a jd martinez who has a a relatively slow start compared comparing to you know in comparison to what maybe people expected like just you shoot for somebody like that so shoot for somebody that you know the production you're gonna get out of them so if bellinger actually hits on what we expected them to do last year but this year you're not upset about what you got in return. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty much you're taking out the chance. You're cutting the, you're cutting off the ceiling, but you're taking the high floor because you know what you're going to get with the guy you get in return. That's the idea of selling high for me. Would you take one of the top two first basemen like Goldschmidt or Freeman? Oh, all day without a doubt. Wouldn't even think twice. But anyways, we're, we jumped a little, we got a little off topic there, but I think it was definitely some interesting conversation to have. So George, who's your first, who's your first man up? Yeah, my first man up is uh, Trevor Bauer, actually. He's been lights out. 
you know, through the first two starts, he's, uh, you know, pitched seven innings in each start, only giving up one hit uh, between the two games. And, uh, you know, he was the one of those guys that was maybe the last, you know, true ace that you were able to get in, in draft before you started getting into the Jack Flaherty, Walker Bueller territory, guys with a lot of question marks. Um, and so now, now he's looking like, you know, he could, be one of the top three pitchers uh, in the game right now so uh, I mean he he's just he's got an incredible arsenal you know the first game uh, he featured that changeup that he's been working on it, it was more of a, a slider changeup with that fastball uh, second game against Toronto the fastball was all over the place so and he, he was feeling the curveball and the, the curveball was on point he, he he didn't give up a single hit in that game he did walk six batters and that was because of the fastball that he he wasn't controlling very well someone like Bauer when he has you know such a wide arsenal that that he can really uh you know pitch well with he's gonna he's gonna be able to to be in 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 a lot of games and you know I'm not sure if I would you know there's a lot of guys I'm not sure I would take over him right now he just based off what he's shown so far you stole him from me or I was about to try to steal him from you uh for this for this segment because I, my, that was gonna be my big thing as well. Is he is my number three starting pitcher, and I don't have any question in my mind about it. Like I, not saying that Cole isn't deserving or Nola. I just think Bauer is legitimate. I, I think he's legit. I think he's gonna push. He's gonna be like this year's Degrom. I really do believe that. I think he has that type of stuff. I picked him to be my AL Cy Young winner. I don't know. He 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 brightens my day. I just go all glowy and think about it. I love I love me some Bauer, man. I traded for in, who do you have in front of him? Is you have I'm assuming Degrom and Scherzer, Frank DeGrom. Yes. Degrom and Scherzer are still you know one and two. However you have them, uh, but uh, three. Just, That's bold. <laughs> is it bold though? Why? I I, I love Bauer. I just uh, would you rather have Bauer over Snell? It appears that you do. But George, would you take Bauer over Snell at this point? You know, I, I think I would take Bauer over Snell right now. Uh, I just think that if, if you look, Bauer was one of the pitchers last year who went deepest into games. You know, he he does. Uh, yeah. he, he goes really deep in, into games. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think right now I, I do take Bauer over Snell. Snell was one of the guys I was passing up, like, in the second round. I was getting a hitter knowing that, you know, maybe Bauer I could get Bauer. Too. Right, that Bauer would fall to me in the third round. Um, so I, I made that conscious like, kind of, you know, decisions throughout the draft season um, just because of how high I was on Bauer. So I'm curious. So Mike said that's his number three guy. Where does Bauer fall in the ranks of starting pitchers for you right now? I mean, it, it's you can really make that argument that he could be number three. I mean, you've got Verlander and Cole, uh, maybe Aaron Nola. Uh, but I mean, so far... He's you know, pitching better than Scherzer right now, too. He's pitching better than all of them, yeah. yeah he's absolutely. the best pitcher in baseball right now, I guess you could say. But as far as fantasy goes, I still I don't think I'm, – I'm not willing to take him over Scherzer or DeGraw. I think, it's, I think that's too bold. And Snell, yeah, Snell, Snell has looked amazing. There's no doubting that or questioning that. It's just the thing about Snell is that when it comes down to, like, they're right there with each other, you look at – that's when you look at division and such. Yeah. And fa- again, this is fantasy, not necessarily reality. But Bauer is right. also Bauer is still just as good in, in real life. So I mean, there's and so is so is Snell. But as far as fantasy goes, I want the guy with the easier division. And we talk about it that there's not many there's not many divisions, if any, that have an easier offense 
He's gonna be he's gonna be facing easier offenses all year. Unfortunately, he can't face his own. But <laughs> other but I just well, like I said, that's when it comes down to, like when you're nitpicking between you know like the Bowers, the Snells, and all them. You start looking at little things like that, and the vision make or break it can make or break them and be the difference. Yeah. I mean, it could go for any of those Cleveland pitchers. I mean, they just have such an advantage pitching in that division. Got Clevenger, Carrasco. Um, I mean, Kluber's kind of started a little slow so far. But, yeah, I mean, it's a major advantage. Bauer is just so intriguing how he kind of incorporates the analytics more so than really any other pitcher. Um, he's just – he's very – I don't want to say social media savvy, but he's kind of – he's like bringing he's – a, he's a fresh face to the game where he's kind of bringing that analytic vibe to the public and just kind of expose them to something different. He, he's, he's a different guy. He's a unique guy. And um, I mean, just how he, he, he has what, like six pitches right now. I mean, he's, his arsenal is like no other. Um, he's just, he's an amazing pitcher right now. He's definitely one of the top guys in fantasy for sure. We could talk about these guys all night. No problem. Cause we love ourselves some Indians pitcher, some Indians pitchers on this podcast, but we got to keep it moving. Otherwise, it's going to run like two hours tonight. So um, so my first guy of my three up is none other than Domingo Santana. Now, I've been telling you guys, I can't even go back probably a couple weeks now, telling you he needs to be owned in all leagues. Well, last I checked in Yahoo Leagues, he's 82% owned, which probably suggests that no matter what site you play on, he's probably not universally owned. I don't care – the format, the depth, he needs to be owned right now. He's having another solid game tonight. The Mariners as a whole have plenty of players that are beyond replacement level. And Domingo Santana is just one of the ones that are absolutely shining right now. Not including tonight's game, he has 10 runs, 4 home runs, 15 RBIs, and 3 stolen bases. He has a 14.8% walk rate and a 25.9% K rate. Now, the K rate's a little higher than you'd like to see, but with a walk rate like that, it's showing – it's telling you that he can – he's seeing the ball really well right now. He's, his triple slash is also 311, 415, and 622. That's absolutely astronomical. That's not going to be sustained. I'm not ignorant enough to believe that. But if we look back as recent as 2017, the year that he kind of had that breakout, he had, he had 30 home runs with 15 stolen bases. He had a 12% walk rate. So the walk rate is legitimate. It's something he's shown he can do. He has a solid eye. And the K rate was also in the 20s. It was 29.3. So if that K rate, I don't see why it can't sustain with a little bit of improvement maybe he has in his game. That, that K rate, instead of being 29%, being at 25%, that's, that's a solid but yet realistic uh, you know, improvement. And his triple slash in 2017 was 278, 371, and 505. So he's not far off that – that first breakout solid year he put up. And if you, and you know, just to go look a little deeper, his O swing percentage is only 21.4%. His uh, swing strike percentage is only 8.8%. And when I say only, these are good numbers. These, by the way, these are above the average. Essentially, oh, his Z, I mean, he has his Z swing and Z contact percentages are all above the average. They're all actually career best right now, but Again, you can't expect career bests to sustain from a 10-game sample size. So there's going to be some regression. But even with a little bit of regression baked in, you're still looking at a season trending closer to that 2017 season than 2018. 
in general, like I said, going back to that walk rate, he has a career walk rate of 11%. So his batting eye has always got, has always been there. He's getting, you know, he's getting seasoning. He's getting full-time playing time. There's nobody competing for that job. I don't see how he's not going to sustain. I mean, the guy even has a hard hit percentage of 45% right now. (laughs) I mean, he's, he's seeing the ball. He's hitting it hard. He's not swinging at pitches outside the zone. It's all coming together. Again, there's going to be some minor regression, but it seems pretty legitimate. Like everything's backing up the current production. So he's my first guy that he's, he's definitely, he's my first guy. Definitely his stock is, his stock is up. It's probably, it might be at its highest value. It might still go up as long as these Mariners keep mashing. So as far as uh, that, like I said, that's my first guy. I'm going to jump right into my second guy. Now it's another guy who you've been able to find off waiver wires this year, another waiver wire darling. And it's Kiki Hernandez. Now, when I, when I first mentioned him being kind of a replacement level, kind of like, you know, your Jeanette replacement back, you know, a week or two ago at this point now, I did not realize I actually really like what I'm seeing out of him. He's 80% owned in Yahoo Leagues. So, again, somebody who's relatively available in all, in all sites. I wouldn't recommend – I don't think he – I think this is probably appropriate. I don't think he's like a Domingo Santana where I'm saying add him. He's a must-add guy. But – you take a look at just last season. In 2018, he had 21 home runs and 67 RBIs. And this was like, I can't remember the at-bats off the top of my head, but 450, 460 at-bats, I believe it was. And the guy also had a, a 10.8 walk rate and a 16.9 K rate. Triple slash of 256, 336, and 421. Essentially, this guy was solid, like absolutely solid and almost, I guess, overlooked. I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't realize he had such a solid year for a guy who, again, remember the Dodgers are the Dodgers, so they were platooning him. He wasn't getting full-time at-bats, but not only is he getting pretty much full-time at-bats, but the guy is a starting second baseman. Chris Taylor platoons in the outfield along with Verdugo and and uh, someone help me out here. Uh, Peterson, never mind. <laughs> with Peterson and Verdugo, so he's getting pretty much a full run at it. And right now he has 10 runs, three home runs, eight RBIs. He has an 18.4 walk percentage, a 13.2 K percentage. And just like, uh, and similar to uh, Santana, his O swing, his Z swing, his Z contact, his swing strike percentages, they're all in his favor. They're all career bests. <laughs> they're all, and they're also all just, they're all show like essentially proving that the walk, the walk rates, the K rates, like how well he's seeing the ball. All of it's not a fluke right now. It's all correlating. There's no, there's nothing that stands out that suggests that it's like what he's doing isn't for real. Now, obviously, again, just like Domingo, he's not going to sustain this all year, but he's definitely solid. If he's still available in your leagues, it'd be hard for me to to, to find a way not to add him to your 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 lineups. And if you weren't if you aren't sold by all these other numbers that are in his favor, he also has a fifty percent hard contact rate, which is absolutely absurd. And he actually improved his uh, he improved his five ball percentage and decreased his ground ball percentage. So he's putting the ball in the air more as well, which can also, if you add that to his hard hit content, his hard hit percentage and all that, it suggests that there might be some uh, the power is also going to continue to come. And if you put up just twenty one home runs and like I said, roughly four hundred fifty at bats last year, if he gets a full six hundred, you're looking at a guy with legitimately thirty home run upside. Now I don't think he's going to quite hit thirty, but it's still a, a, one of those potential outcomes. So, I didn't, again, I, I, I sold myself on him when I started doing the research. I didn't realize that he had this much upside. 
but he's the type of guy that he's the type of guy that I and his positional he's his position eligibility. If you if he's out there and you have a Marvin Gonzalez, make that swap type of thing. Yeah, like there's no reason why. Like I don't think ownership percentage shows that it's not the case, but if there's some reason that that's happening in your league, just get him on your roster, man. I don't see how I don't see why you would avoid him. Yeah, that's a good call. It looks like uh, Justin Turner's rubbing off on him there. So that's enough about my two guys, at least for now. I got I do have a third coming up, but I'm gonna give these guys a chance to talk because I'm sure you're sick of hearing me talk at this point. So who wants to go next? I'll leave it up to you guys. Who wants to Who wants to talk about their guy next? Go ahead, George. Go for it. Thank All right, you. I'll go ahead and take this one. Now, <laughs> if you've listened to previous episodes and if you've uh, happened to take a look at my waiver wire article this last week for the FSGN, you'll you'll know this next guy that that I'm going to bring up is Yandy Diaz. Um, you know, Yandy, I've been talking up all season so far, and uh, he hasn't disappointed. You know, he right now he's got three home runs, even chipped in a steal, hitting 308. Uh, 386, uh, 615. Now, you know, he's got a 43% hard hit rate, uh, 33% fly ball rate. That's up 10% from last year. And he's actually pulling the ball at a 50% rate. Last year, he only pulled the ball at a 28% rate. So he's making a concerted effort to add power to his game. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, he's got the plate discipline, you know, a one-to-one strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, he's been leading off against left lefties and, you know, not, not hitting any lower than fourth or fifth in the lineup. So, I mean, Yandy Diaz for me is one of the guys whose stock has risen the most. I mean, no projected, no projection systems had him for over five or six home runs on the year. And, you know, he's got three now. So, I mean, he, we could be looking at a big time power breakout here for, for Diaz. Or he just hit three out of those five really early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's looked good so far though obviously obviously i'm george kidding was <laughs> george was really hyping him up preseason and i'm not gonna lie i really didn't know much about yandy but i scooped him up in a few leagues and i'm reaping the benefits thanks to george so hopefully you guys listen to him also <laughs> i don't have a single share i didn't listen to him <laughs> unfortunate no he's looking pretty good you know he, he and he only has a 259 babip uh, and he's hitting 308 so i mean it's looking good for Yandy. He's uh, I know in Yahoo he's got first and third base third, first and third base eligibility. Um, I know in the other platforms he should be getting close to because he's been playing third base mostly third base DH a little bit of first base. So he's he's going to have multi eligibility. Um, you know the Indians could really use him right now. <laughs> the Indians could use anything right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I know he came over in a trade uh, from the Indians. So, I mean, the the Rays they they know what they're doing. They they're making those adjustments with him, and and so he's I think he's making because he's always hit the ball hard. He's always had a, a good hard hit rate. He just hit the ball straight into the ground a lot. So you know he's he's making that effort to to put the ball into the air more. And like I mentioned, his fifty percent pull rate. He's you know typically guys trying to hit for power you, you see them pull the ball more uh that's where they generate that power so uh he, he's making that effort to to try to put the ball over the fence i'm just curious george i don't mean to put you on the spot is there a player comp that you could think of for yandy diaz oh man um sorry to put you on the spot but i'm i'm genuinely curious i feel like our viewers would be curious our listeners would be curious too because he's he's still relatively 
unknown um, player. I'm just curious if there's a, a guy that you would compare him to. The one guy, the one guy that I have been, you know, suggesting to, you know, if, if you, if you lost to injury uh, was Miguel Andahar. And I, I think that if we are in the middle of a breakout for Yandy Diaz, he, he could be putting up numbers we saw that uh, from last year that uh, Andohar put up, you know, about a 300 average and, uh, you know, mid to high 20 home run power. Uh, so, I mean, it, I, I think he can give you what, what uh, Andohar gave us last year. That would be a game. That would be almost like a yeah. league winning player. I think anybody would take that. I mean, he was drafted universally before the injury. So, yeah, I would also I would agree with that. Now, Zach, who's your next guy? So, my next guy is of the Detroit Tigers, Matthew Boyd. Um, Boyd came over in that uh, David Price deal with the, um, with the Blue Jays, uh, with Derek Norris. And he was kind of the unknown guy, but he's, he's just taken off this year. Granted... His two starts have come against the Blue Jays and the Yankees. The Yankees obviously banged up, but he had 13 strikeouts against the Yankees. He leads he leads the majors in strikeouts right now. Um, a lot of that is because he's improved his arm slot a little bit. Um, he kind of went from a three-fourths motion to a low three-quarters delivery, kind of very Andrew Miller, Chris Sale-esque, and it's creating a lot of increased deception, and hitters are really having trouble picking the this guy up um, his slider has become his wipeout pitch um, kind of like sale um, his velocity he, he doesn't do anything crazy velocity wise I mean he tops out 94 95 but he actually dropped the velocity on his slider a little bit making it even tougher to hit because the drop velocity and the improved depth of his slider just makes it a lot more difficult for these hitters to pick up um, last year he was using a two-seamer which was kind of getting him into trouble a little bit. And he seems to have stepped back from that this year. And he's going more with the four seam slider change up combination. And it really seems to be working. Um, this guy is owned in 59% of Yahoo leagues right now. This guy really should be universally owned. I think um, if he's available on your wire, this is definitely a guy that could break out this year. Um, he's also, we kind of touched upon it before with Trevor Bauer. He's pitching in a very weak division. He gets to face the Indians, the Twins, the White Sox, and he's got a few matchups coming up with the Royals and the Orioles. I mean, he's got some very favorable matchups coming up, and I have no hesitations of putting him in there. So if this guy is available, this is definitely a guy that I would scoop up. The other night against uh, the Yankees, I, I checked all my leagues, and I grabbed him wherever I could. It's somebody that you should definitely consider if he's available. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm just to update on this game, man. Trout just robbed Yelich of a home run. Are you flipping kidding me? Really? How does that is? And Trevor Story hit a home run, by the way. And that's your, that's your boy. Oh, that's my boy too. But man, Kevin Pillar just hit a grand slam for my Giants. So <sighs> that's what I'm watching right now. <laughs> well, because again, I never get a chance to watch Trout or Yelich. Well, I used to be. Again, I was a Mar- I'm a Marlins fan, so I had a chance to watch a lot of Yelich. But since he's actually, you know, gone to a park where he hits home runs, um, I get a chance to watch the, you know, like I said, and Trout I never see. But so I'm like watching this while I'm like, he hits it and I see Trout tracking it. I'm like, man, he's about to rob it. And sure enough, man, he pulled that ball back over the fence. And I'm like, wow. I just saw the replay. That was. That yeah, was- I, I don't get to watch Trout either. I, I have MLB.TV, but I, I live here in Los Angeles, so it's blacked out. So uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get to watch. <laughs> I don't get to watch much of uh, Trout down here. 
it's it's impressive, man. He's just so he's just so ridiculous, and it's frustrating because for as far as like you know real baseball goes, that's a hell of a play, and I love watching it. But Yelich, I have so many shares of. I really wanted that home run. He already has Yelich has the stolen base tonight, so the home run would have been really good. You know, would have been really good. It's two guys I feel like we just don't get to watch enough of. Trout be on the West Coast, Yelich in Milwaukee. I mean, we're seeing more of him, but two guys I wish we could just see on TV a little bit more, especially on the East Coast at least. I think they're. I think MLB is dropping the ball on marketing these guys properly. But okay, we're we're getting off on a big That's tangent. Another topic. <laughs> yeah, we're getting off on a huge tangent. Let's jump back. Let's jump in. Is it my turn again already? So yeah, Matt Boyd, go get him. <laughs> Matt Boyd, go get him. That's right. So my final guy, my th- my third up, my three up, is going to be finished off with uh, uh, one of our favorites here on this podcast. Especially George. It's George's guy, but I took him. It's Jose Alvarado. The guy came in last year, and he finished strong. He ended up closing out the uh, closing for the Rays. Got eight saves last year, and I guess with all the talk of him this year, possibly you know not being a full time closer, having to split the gig or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, he fell down draft boards. Coming into the year, he was being kind of avoided he was people were taking him as a second closer almost like out of desperation because i guess he wasn't being named the actual closer for this team and he's he's come out and done nothing but light the world on fire the guy already has four saves on the year in six innings pitch he has 10 k's hasn't given up hasn't given up an earned run yet and a whip of 1.17 his walks can be a little concerning i mean last year he had a 4.08 walks per nine the year before that a 2.73 Obviously, we would prefer closer to the 2.73 than the 4. But, I mean, with his stuff, man, it's absolutely electric. A two-seamer that he could throw almost 100 miles per hour that moves like a slider, it looks like, by some of these by some of these uh, gifs you see online, man. It's absolutely absurd. But this guy seems like he's poised for a huge season. Could be this year's column A as far as, like, for the Rays a couple years back when he got those 40 saves or whatever. I think George was saying that he could be the best AL closer. And, man... He's not. He's not kidding. And the funny part is, is I pulled up his ADP da- uh, data for NFBC leagues, and he was going as the 57th pitcher off the board starting March 1st till now. I did it all the way till now. He was going as the 57th pitcher off the board. That includes starting pitchers, but just to give you an idea of players like Cody Allen, Wade Davis, look, uh, Kimbrel. Like those are guys that even Vasquez. And I'm a big Vasquez guy. I would take, I would take Alvarado. I don't know, man. He's another guy that like Bauer. He jumped. He's jumped up so high as far as value for me that he would be maybe a top five or top three closer right now. I would consider him over Trinan. A lot of it goes back to opportunity because the Rays are just winning all these games and they're close games. And the only time that Alvarado didn't get the close, uh, the close opportunity, the save opportunity, was when he was uh, unavailable. So Castillo got that save opportunity. Yes, Castillo's on his heels because Castillo is a is legit with him, but that's a one-two punch. Alvarado is the lefty, and that could you know that could hurt his chances. But he hasn't had an issue yet, and he's gotten every opportunity that he's been available for. So I I, I can't. I mean, it's it's pretty simple with him. It's just his stuff is nasty. He seems legit, and he's getting he's getting opportunity on a good team who's winning a lot of close games, who I expect to continue to win closer games because the offense is so hit or miss, but the pitching staff is just that good. So, Yeah, that's a good call. He's been lights out. I, I, I love Alvarado. 
I'd say the only pitcher that's looked more impressive as far as relief pitcher goes is Hayter this year. And the reason why he the, the reason why it was honestly between him or Hayter. The reason why I didn't go with Hayter is because I think sooner than later Jeffers comes back and Jeffers takes a lot of those saves from him. So, yeah, Jeffers is uh, preparing to come off of the IL soon. So um, yeah, I definitely I don't think Hayter got a two plus inning save uh, yesterday. You yeah. know they they can't ride him like that. That's for sure. He's gonna go back to that what they call a fireman role, which is a the two inning, the multi inning relief role that, and that's like, I told, I think I told you this, Zach, I, I, I told you this, it's pretty much reports are pretty much saying this already. They expect him to go back to that role. Again, he's going to get two inning saves, maybe two plus like he did last night, but they can't, he, they want him all year. They want, they want him for the playoffs. They're going to give this guy starter innings at this point if they keep it up. So I don't, I think there's going to be a lot of games where he doesn't come in at all just to save some innings. Because they're gonna burn him out if they keep doing it, doing him like this. They ruled him out for tonight too. See, well, yeah, three innings. It's almost, dude. It's like it's like an opener. It's difficult. Yeah, it's difficult to maintain that. I mean, he's got elite stuff, but you can't be trotting him out there for two inning saves um, multiple times a week. I mean, it's it's just too much. You don't want to wear this guy down. But just imagine if this guy stuck with a, a starting job if he was still <sighs> a starting pitcher. That would just be so nasty. Oh. Man, uh, it, it would be, it, he reminds me of like Chris Sale before yeah. Chris Sale's Those were the comps coming up. Yeah, exactly and what the comps were, and you can see the nasty fireball stuff, man, when he when he's throwing. But we're getting again. We're we must be excited because we're getting. You know what it is? We haven't we, we haven't recorded in like a week, so we're just super excited. So we apologize for some of these rambles and rants. <laughs> it's it's good information, but it is a little off topic. So we're gonna go ahead and move on. We're getting giddy over here. Oh, oh, and so is your dog. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> George's so, dog dinger. George's dog dinger. Oh, man. All right. Anyways, um, so we're going to get, like I said, we're going to move on. We're, we're going to try to stay on topic a little more here. George, hit us with, the, hit us with your third guy. Yeah, so uh, the third guy for me whose uh, value has, has gone up is uh, Jonathan VR. Uh, you know, last year – he got traded out of the the Milwaukee situation that, you know, he wasn't seeing any playing time, uh, very inconsistent. And really it was the best thing that could have happened to him. He got traded over to, to Baltimore. And I believe he had uh, eight home runs and 21 steals in like about 55, 56 games with Baltimore. So, uh, I mean, you like the park, uh, you like that he leads off uh, or, you know, I know he's led off a few times and he's hit third as well. He's got three home runs now on the season to go along with two steals. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he's only striking out 17% of the time. So that's encouraging. I know that's a big thing with VR. A, a lot of these guys that strike out a lot, you, you worry about their streakiness, uh, like in head-to-head formats. But, uh, I, I mean, given the second base landscape, you know, losing Murphy, losing Scooter Jeanette, uh, and then a couple of the guys later on that aren't exactly working out. You know, you have Ryan McMahon on the DL. Garrett Hampson hasn't worked out. Uh, you know, VR is looking really good right now. I think it, if things continue like this, he could definitely finish, you know, within well within the top 10 uh, second baseman. You know, so far three home runs. Like I said, if he puts up a 20 home run season, you know, between 15 and 20 home runs there in Baltimore and, and steals another, you know, 35, 40 bases, that's league winning right there. If you're getting VR, you know, if you got him after the top 100 picks. I was big on the VR and Mondesi comps. We'll see if that holds true. 
obviously I'm never going to argue with somebody who's on the same page as me. Let's move over to Zach. Zach, who's your final guy to round off, to round off our uh, three up? So my, my final guy, um, it wouldn't be a podcast episode without me hyping up a Met. Um, this Met, you've definitely heard me hype up already. This is more of a just a, a told you so segment. And that is my guy, Pete Alonzo. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> I told you guys to get this guy. I mean, this guy is lighting up the charts right now. He's hitting 356, 396 on base, 644 slugging. He's got three homers, 11 RBIs already. This guy is still only 72% owned in Yahoo. I don't know why he's not owned more. Um, I still think this is your NL Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, we were talking um, sometime last week. We were talking about some comps, and a good comp that we thought of was Reese Hoskins when he burst on the scene in uh, in 2017, I think it was. Figure 30 home runs. I think he can hit for a higher average. I, I don't think he's going to sustain a three 300 plus average he's a great hitter but I think he's more 270 280 Hoskins his rookie year was about 240 250 range but overall I mean I think it's a very good comp they're very similar type players they get on base quite a bit um Alonzo's strikeout rate is a little high right now I mean honestly that's he's faced Scherzer twice uh he's gotten Corbin I mean he's faced some good pitchers so that's that's not completely surprising but the K rate is a little bit high. His walk rate is pretty league average right now, so that's good. He continues to get on base at almost 40% rate. Um, he's hitting in a premier spot in that lineup. He's hitting number two behind uh, Nimmo, if Nimmo can get on base ever. We'll talk about that later. Cano as well, um, hitting in front of Cano. Um, so he should get plenty of opportunities. Um, it could be a good opportunity. And I know Mike kind of will get into this a little bit later. Um, another sell high opportunity. He's obviously going to regress a little bit. There's going to be some growing pains in there. But I told you guys preseason, I, I, I expect a hot start and I expect big numbers from him. And he's, he's kind of living up to that already. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys have him in your leads. But 72% owned in Yahoo. I mean, if, if he's still there, somehow you got to scoop him up as well. Yeah, he's another similar to Domingo Santana. Make sure he is owned in your league. 100% owned, and I'm saying that, and I'm usually giving Zach a hard time about Lonzo, but it's it's obvious he needs to be owned, and there's no question about it. Yeah, that's a good call. I, I know I'm reaping the benefits of uh, some Pete Alonzo. Now, I, I do think that Hoskins comp is, is a good comp. I, I do think that Alonzo could hit for a little higher average. Maybe, um, you know, the, the OBP won't be as, as high. I know Hoskins has a really, good, really, really good uh, walk rate. So maybe more like a, like a Jesus Aguilar last year. Like Aguilar last year put up at like a 270 with like 35 home runs. I think maybe that's that's possibility for Alonzo. Um, but uh, yeah, I... Really liking, uh, you know, Peter Alonzo. At the end of the day, it's a draft day steal. So before we jump into our three down, we're going to go ahead and recap who everyone has as their three ups. Now, first off, because I'm the most important, <laughs> I'm a, I, my, my guys were Domingo Santana, Kike Hernandez, and Jose Alvarado. George, you had Jonathan VR, Trevor Bauer, and Yandy Diaz. And Zach, you had, you had your, your, your man crush and Peter Alonzo. Well, I don't know, because you really love Cody Bellinger's your other guy, and you couldn't stop talking about how great he looked. And then Matt Boyd, no love got, for him. Got a lot of man crushes in Major League Baseball. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Uh, we all know Trevor's story, too. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he's not only three up because he's already up. <laughs> now, 
that ran a little long. We're going to try We're going to have to kind of pick it up and get through these, uh, the yeah. three down a little faster. I'll start, I'll start real quick with, uh, Lindor. Lindor, the reason why he's down, it's fairly simple. We're talking a guy who was already coming in injured. I was already lower on him than most. I had him behind Machado on my personal rankings, and he was never going that far down. At least I'd never seen him go after Machado. Machado was going end of second, mid to late second, I should say, depending on your league. Now, the reason why he's, his value is down is not only was he already hurt coming into the year, but then you, want to, then you tack on the fact that he could literally be sidelined for another three or, or so weeks. There's no real timeline set for him. He hurt himself running the bases. Go figure. They're saying it's not connected to the calf injury that he previously had, but I think a lot of it, it could have been bad, bad luck, but a lot of it's probably he was compensating and he ends up, you know, he ended up rolling his ankle or spraining it. And now we're talking, he's out again, three, three weeks or, or so. And that seems like it's a minimum. But the problem is, is there hasn't been anything as far as if, if it's three weeks, including a rehab assignment or including you know getting back into the field or best three weeks of him being shut down I haven't seen anything about that but regardless you're looking at a guy that when he finally gets back it could be May or mid-May you just don't know at this point and that's a it's already a month or so later than he was supposed to be back and you gotta think that they're not gonna let him or he just won't be stealing that much to avoid injury at least for the first half of the season until you know maybe they feel a little more comfortable with him and the steals are half his value. So, I don't know. For me, he's, he's, he's down. And it's hard to really say when exactly he's going to be back. So, so that, that's Lindor. That's why, that's why, for me, again, he's, that's why he's one of my down guys. But I know I'm missing him in our podcast league. <laughs> <laughs> I have no shares, so I'm not missing him at all. But, I'm, again, that was just for me avoiding risk. I just got – I was fortunate. Not everybody else was so – not everybody else – I mean, I didn't think, obviously, I didn't see this type of setback happening, but I just knew that there's a chance for a setback. Because just like – going back to Severino real quick, the reason why I was so scared of him was because of Jimmy Nelson. Well, the reason why I was so scared of Lindor was because of Josh Donaldson. But like, these are like – I guess I've been burned by these, you know, these types of injuries in the past, so. Right. But, okay, like I said, we got to speed up a little bit, so we're going to move on from Lindor. We're gonna go over to George for his first, uh, his first guy that he's down on, or at least his stock's down. Yeah, for me, you know, one of the uh, my my first guy, you know, he was getting a lot of helium in the off season. Um, Jesse Winker, you know, he was a very popular sleeper coming into the year. Uh, he started the season right now one for twenty six. Uh, contact and plate discipline were his, you know, big calling cards, and you know he's only got one walk to seven strikeouts so far. Uh, nothing really encouraging in, in the underlying metrics. Uh, you know, he's he's already sat a few games, and you know, with, with every every single you know out that he makes, you know, Senzel's defense is getting better in the minors. <laughs> you know, so you have you already had a, a log jam there in the outfield, and now you know Senzel's going to be getting ready to get called up. You know, at, at this point, if you're in you know a, a 12 team league or shallower, you know, I I would feel free to just cut bait with Winker at this point. And Zach, y'all aren't ready for us? Yeah. So my first down guy um, is somebody that Mike actually just mentioned, and that's Josh Donaldson. Um, <laughs> a little concerning right now. I mean, he's hitting 148 right now. He's got no home runs. He has no extra base hits. I mean, he's got four hits, and they're all singles right now. Not what you want out of your, uh, your prized offseason signing. 
I mean, he's hitting in a, a premier spot in that lineup as well. I mean, he's hitting in front of Freddie, um, behind Acuna. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be doing some damage. I would say be patient with him. He's kind of notoriously a slow starter, but he's in a, a very potent lineup. Um, I, I wouldn't drop him just yet. Um, it's been a guy that I've actually tried to explore the trade market on, and I really have not gotten anywhere. <laughs> um, I tried proposing uh, Donaldson for – I needed an outfielder in one of my leagues. I tried proposing Donaldson for Conforto, and that got denied rather quickly. But, yeah, I mean, it's a guy that I'm a little concerned about. Like I said, I would be a little bit patient, but, I mean, he's got the issues with the nagging injuries with the calf as well. Hopefully that's not an issue. But uh, I'm also concerned about their top prospect possibly making an appearance midseason. Austin Riley could take away some playing time from Donaldson. So it should be interesting. I mean, he's, he's locked up on a one-year deal right now. So we'll see if he's there for the long haul. Or, I mean, he, he could possibly be a trade piece as well. So we'll see. But right now it's just it's a very slow start, and it's, it's a little concerning for sure. Keep it rolling, Zach. Who's your next guy that you have that you are down on? So the next guy I'm down on is Nate Ivaldi of the Red Sox. Um, this, is, this is a very tough situation right now, the Red Sox staff. Um, I mean, obviously, Ivaldi, he, was, he wasn't going high in drafts. But, I mean, a lot of people um, were thinking highly of him after his brilliant postseason. But the whole, the whole team, especially the pitchers, they're really just showing fatigue right now. This is somebody that I think is droppable. I've dropped him in multiple leagues. I've dropped him for Matt Boyd in a few spots. Um, I mean, this guy's got an ERA over eight right now. It's just not somebody that I'm willing to take the risk on at this point. Maybe in a few weeks, once he kind of settles in, he has a, a nice matchup tomorrow against the Blue Jays. So it's possible he could turn it around. But, I mean, honestly, this really applies to other pitchers on the staff as well. I mean, Eovaldi... Eduardo Rodriguez, Porcello, those are guys I just I just really don't want anything to do right now. I mean, Chris Sale, we'll, we'll touch into this a little bit more in a few minutes, but that's really the only one, and that's it's a great buy-low candidate right now. But the other guys on that staff, it's, they're guys that I'm really trying to stay away from at this point. Yeah, the, that Boston situation as a whole. I think you could put like you you put everybody's name in there. You could literally put everyone's name. <laughs> every yeah. every every. But bullpen included, it doesn't really matter. And even Sale. I mean, Sale is very concerning as well. But figure they need a few weeks to get warmed up. But, uh, but yeah, it's just not a good situation right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, George, who's your next guy? Yeah, so my next guy and all three of my guys really are going to be guys that, you know, were popular sleeper picks that just aren't working out right now. My, my next guy is Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, now, Fran Mill as well, like he has started off, you know, really cold, you know, only two for 28 so far. Um, now, the difference between Fran Mill and someone like Winker, though, is um, I, I'm actually encouraged by a lot of what I see from Fran Mill. Uh, he, he does have about a one-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio, uh, and he's hitting the ball extremely hard. He's had a, he has a 47% hard hit rate uh, to go along with the 47% uh, fly ball rate, and, you know, none of those balls have left the park yet. Um, now that that's going to change, um, you know, when, when you have, when you're hitting the ball as hard as he is and as often as he is, that's going to change. And when you look at, you know, the stat cast, you know, expected statistics, uh, his, his uh, expected batting average is 304. His expected slugging percentage is 584. So, I mean, he's hitting the ball well. Now, uh, 
you do you you do have some concern over playing time. I, I know he did start uh, seven out of the ten games uh, to start the season. So I know they've been getting giving Renfro more, uh, getting his bat in the lineup more often, and I think that's just how it's going to be. I think you know they're going to ride the hot bat, and uh, I, I just I caution you know just patience with with Reyes right now because I do think the hits are going to start coming. You know he showed some really good potential last season with the limited time that, that he had. And uh, there's nothing in the under, underlying metrics that show that, that, that he's lost anything. Uh, it, it's just right now some, some bad luck, I think, in my opinion. Um, so I, I caution patience with, with Reyes. And if you see him dropped and, and you're in a daily league that you could plug him in when he's in the lineup, I, I would suggest picking him up because I think, you know, as soon as his bat starts getting hot and those balls start going over the fence and start dropping – uh, then they're going to find a way to get to keep them in the lineup. Uh, my next guy I'm down on is Keiko. Now, I guess, again, this kind of falls into Lindor. It's one of those, I wasn't really drafting him. I actually think I have one share and that was from like my very first draft and hold of the season before there was ever a chance of him not signing. And it's not just the fact that he's not signed. It's the fact that I believe it's June is the when they can be signed and not and the team doesn't get any draft pick compensation. That's huge, man. The, 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 the Players Association has to get rid of that because I think that's significantly hurting his chances of getting signed at this point. And between that and the fact that he's just not who he used to be. He wants more money than he deserves. And he's just – he's more of a name now. In 2018, he had a 6.73K per nine with a 3.74 ERA. FIP and XFIP suggested the ERA was actually about right. They were both within a point, like, or sorry, 0.1. So three, so like, well, I think one was 3.6, one was 3.8. So I guess my point is, is that the ERA is legitimate. It's about right. He's just a league average pitcher. Maybe he's better in real life than fantasy, but as far as fantasy goes, he's not exciting. He's limited with upside. The Cy Young years are behind him. He's just not that guy anymore. And I think uh, he's a drop for me. Like if I own, like I see him on the waiver wires, and I'm not eager to pick him up. I'm leaving him there. <laughs> like he's he. I'd rather to give you an idea. I'm down on Porcello and Erod and all them. I think I still might take them over Keuchel. Like that's that's, that's just where I'm at. At least those guys have some type of uh, upside, at least in my eyes, compared to Keuchel. That if he goes to a non-hitter friendly park, which a lot of teams contending are in hitter friendly parks, I'm. He's already a, he was already in a void. He's not going to get any better if he goes to one of those teams. So I'm just and even when he gets signed, he's apparently he's supposed to be in shape, and he's doing you know every five days every five days he's doing 95 pitch simulated games, but that's still not real game reps. That's still not getting into game shape. He's going to take more time there too. So he's not facing major league hitters. It's it's just a messy situation. Like exactly you said. exactly. It's, so he's a drop for me, I, and I have no problem. Again, I, I might, I'm seeing him. I'm not eager to pick him up at all. Agreed. So I'll just keep this thing rolling. I'm going to go into my final guy. Now, this guy, he's not a drop. <laughs> he's not a drop by any means. He's just struggling, and he's probably a great buy low guy. It's uh, Yasiel Puig. 2017, he had a solid year, and he was, you know, he didn't even have a full complement uh, of a bats. He it was in 500s, but. He was still platooning. He had an 8.1 walk percentage, a 19.6 K percentage, and he was just solid. Well, this year, his walk percentage so far has dropped 
to three, 6.3%. His K percentage has gone up to 28.1%. He's hitting he's, – he has no counting stats except for three RBIs. And the only thing he's hitting are Pirates players with his fists. Like the guy <laughs> – <laughs> He's a maniac. My goodness. But – and that just came to the top of my head, so I'm actually really proud of myself for that one. Uh, but his triple slash is 133, 188, 167. Like it's absolutely atrocious. His pull percentage is down 8%. His soft contact, his medium contact is up. His hard contact is down. O-swing is up. Swing and strike percentage is up. Essentially, he's chasing more. I think he's just trying too hard. I think he wants to prove it. He's trying too hard. He's not letting the game come to him. And I think it's honestly as simple as that. I do think better things are ahead. He was drafted where he was drafted for his upside. I still think he, that power speed combo is still, again, he's still there. He, I think he's just really trying too hard. We're talking – some of these numbers are just the worst. He's uh, – if he sustained them, these numbers would just be the worst that he's ever put up in a season. So, I'm not necessarily really worried about him. My worry on him would be like maybe a two or three out of ten. And that's just because – but, I mean, they're obviously – they're sticking with him. They're trying to win. And I think he all it is is he's trying too hard. So, please, please just that guy. <laughs> Yeah, no, at least he he did provide the most epic picture of the season, him basically taking on the entire Pirates team. <laughs> I told you, he wants to get a hit somehow, man. <laughs> That's all it is. But. I know we're going to touch upon the Twitter question shortly, but we're talking about Puig, and I, I got one in my inbox the other day. Uh, would you drop a guy like Puig to pick up somebody like Christian Stewart? I know you guys are high on Stewart. Is that a move you'd make at this time, or you think you should ride out Puig for a little bit longer? Not even close, man. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, I know not. Kristen Stewart, he's been heating up lately, which I do love seeing because I, I did come into the season high on, on Stewart. But um, that's absolutely not a move that you should be making. You should not be dropping Yasiel Puig, uh, you know, 10 games into the season. Yeah. Don't want to panic too early. No, but, hey, if some – but people do make these dumb drops. I saw, I saw a buddy of mine screenshotted me a picture of Carrasco drop after his first start. Dude, it happens. I mean, I, I I never play. I never play in these leagues. I wish I did, but <laughs> I don't. I don't get that lucky. My best ad drop of the season has been Dijong. Like that's been the best. Like someone dropped him right away, and I, he's not even great. But that's just, that's the type of leagues I'm in. My point is, is check your waiver wire. He might be there, and if he is, snag him up and don't think twice. We should yeah. have all of our listeners, if there is a crazy name out there that should not be, you should screenshot it and tweet us at Bases Loaded Pod and let us know uh, what kind of situation you're in. I think somebody tweeted us that Joey Votto was dropped. Like, come on, yeah. slow start, but this is Joey Votto we're talking here. And he, he's known for his first half being slow on purpose to build up for the second half. It's like part of his thing he does. So it's actually like not a surprise at all. But again, we're getting off. We're getting off topic. We're good. At the, we're just so excited. It's been, like I said, it's been like a week since we've talked. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I do want to advise that listener if he does want to pick up Kristen Stewart, that would be a good idea. He is heating up. Now he he has like four extra base hits in the last three games, uh, including like seven RBI. So, uh, and he plays every day. So, I mean, anytime I can, you know, uh, advise to get you know one of the guys that I was high on coming into into the season and who's doing well, um, go ahead and do that. So. If, if Kristen Stewart's out there and you want to go ahead and pick him up, I, I suggest you go ahead and do that. Can we call him like Twilight or something? Twilight. 
Kristen Stewart? No, no, not a good, not a good joke. Okay, no, I've had better. It's fine. <laughs> we again, we got we got off on tangent. We've been really good that tonight, so we're gonna we're gonna move over to Zach. Zach, who's your last guy? So my last guy um, is Brandon Nimmo, another Met, but I'm I'm really not so high on Nimmo. I mean, he's a great on base guy, nice leadoff hitter. Um, a lot of people were picking him in drafts um, mid to late. He's 52% owned, but this guy, I mean, he's he's barely hitting 100. Um, 100 right now, batting average, two RBIs, um, no homers, no stolen bases. He's not getting on base as frequently as we were expecting um, for a lot of people that drafted him in OBP leagues. Um, it's also concerning. He's probably going to lose some playing time. Um, when Jed Lowry comes back, McNeil's probably going to get some outfield time. Lowry will go to third. J.D. Davis might play some corner outfield. Keon Broxton might play some center. So if I see somebody losing some playing time um, with the way they're playing right now, I can see that being Nimmo. Um, so if, if you do have him, I, I've cut him in a few leagues. Just There's some other options right now that are just much um, – they're just hitting the ball really well right now. you got guys like Jock Peterson, Trey Mancini. Those are all guys that I would rather have than, than Brandon Nimmo right now. Um, if those guys are still available, definitely scoop them up. Um, but Nimmo, borderline rosterable right now. George, who's your final guy? Yeah, so my final guy, uh, another guy that was rising up draft boards uh, in the preseason, uh, Garrett Hampson. Uh, now, Garrett Hampson, he's started off cold as well. You know, he's only two for, you know, 24 to start the season. And eight strikeouts and no walks. You know, you hate seeing that, you know, when, when guys are striking out at that rate. They're just, uh, you know, they're not seeing the ball well. Um, they're just getting overpowered by by MLB pitching. Uh, so, you know, granted, the playing time has been very inconsistent. I mean, it is the Rockies, um, but it, it's been it's been a bit discouraging so far. He doesn't have a stolen base yet, you know. So that that was something that you were counting on Hampson for. Now, with all the injuries, you know, this was someone that if they hadn't have if they hadn't had so many injuries right now. I would say, you know, he's a borderline cut. But you now with Dahl out for, you know, we, we're not sure, you know, how long Dahl's going to be out. McMahon is hurt right now. Murphy, uh, you know, there's no one left, really, to, to block him. So if you want to go ahead and, and be patient, write it out for another couple weeks, uh, see if he can, you know, pick it up with some consistent playing time, then I would suggest that. But uh, he, he's been a massive disappointment so far. So, I mean, he's going to get playing time, really. It's just going to be up to him to, to pick it up. Uh, ho- hopefully, with, with the regular at-bats, he, he can go ahead and do that. But so far, it's, it's definitely been discouraging. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend cutting him either, I think. I mean, I, I would have before this doll injury, honestly. <laughs> so, right. this doll injury kind of keeps him relevant, and he should be – he should at least stick up – at least 12-teamers. 10-teamers, I think he's cuttable. But 12-teamers, he's definitely somebody worth holding on to for now. Right, exactly. So just a little recap. George's three guys that he's down on are Jesse Winker, uh, Fermo Reyes, Garrett Hampson, Zach's or Josh Donaldson, Brandon Nemo, and Nathan Evaldi. And mine are Francisco Lindor, Keuchel, and Yasiel Puig. Well, that, that's it, guys. Three up, three down. We talked about players' values that are up, players' values that are down. And – that's and and that's gonna do it for episode eleven. Now, obviously, you know where you can reach us. You know, 
I'm Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Zach and George, you can follow them on Twitter as well. George is at jmonsonas90, and Zach is at BrafZ. Don't forget to check out our new IG page. Instagram handle is at BasesLoadedPod. Again, our email, if you don't use any social media, is BasesLoadedPod at yahoo.com. Feel free to submit your questions there. We'll gladly answer them on the air every once in a while. Now, with all that said, guys, we appreciate you listening and talk to you soon. 